Shalom, Mishpocha. Shalom, family. Mishpocha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpocha, the family with the Jewish heart, made up of Jewish and non-Jewish people. We're the middle wall of separation between Jew and Gentile. It's finally come down to form one new man, getting ready, Mishpocha, to blow the grandest shofar, or the grandest trumpet in Zion. We want everyone everywhere to hear the good news. We want everyone everywhere to be red hot for the Messiah. And if not now, when? Uh, I have David Martin on the telephone, and David's a good friend. I was speaking to him a couple of days ago, and he said he just heard a prophetic word from God. And I said, David, I want our people to hear this. Uh, What did God just tell you, David? Well, Sid, it was pretty amazing. In uh, my 35 years of serving God, I never really— did something like this, but literally, I, I believe God was telling me to get alone with him, spent eight days in the forest in a tent with God, and uh, after eight days, or in the midst of the eight days, the takeaway, what you're speaking of here, a, a number of things that God said to me, very, very significant, uh, I believe we're in, in a, a point right now to see great prosperity, tremendous blessings of God, and specifically for those that are pressing in, uh, people that are red hot and on fire for God, that the uh, blessing is going to be upon all mankind. But those that are pressing in are going to have a definite advantage because of hearing God's voice and being obedient to do whatever he says. And there's going to be opportunities for these people beyond anything they've ever, ever seen before. So that was number one. And then number two, he said to me that there was going to be a quickening of, uh, of, of an open heaven and pouring out of his spirit. And it was likened uh, to a vision God gave me many, many years ago uh, where he opened the heaven and I saw these beams of light coming down. And what he showed me is like an umbilical cord said that we are connected to God and in this unseen realm. And those people that are pressing in really hot, it's like the bandwidth, the, the ability to hear from God is so increased. Uh, just like Jesus was able to see things before they happened. This is what's going to happen in this day and hour. You know what it reminds me of the scripture where Jesus said, I only do what I see my heavenly father doing. And I've pondered that so much. Uh, I'm, I'm such a pragmatic type of person. That's what I want. I don't want to waste my time doing good things. I want to, I want to do exactly what I was created to do. Absolutely. And that is what I, I believe God is saying to people. Every one of us, said, every one of your listeners, has been put here on planet Earth. We're in this world. We're not of this world. But before the foundation of the world, God called us. And it's interesting, in that word, he said he called us to be holy and blameless. And I believe now God is moving in such a way to those that will fulfill the purpose that he made us. They're going to be under and up in heaven to do exactly what Jesus did and even greater, to see what's going on even before it happens. Tell me a few more specifics that God told you. 
Well, I really believe that the reason he's pouring out this uh, anointing, this was the, one of the three things he said to me, was that that it was a great time of opportunity for people to get out of debt. And that was number one. Number two, that they would lead by example. Every one of us that are being watched by our neighbors, by coworkers, by people that know us, and they're observing us. And as they observe us in these closing pages of history, we're going to shine. This is what's so incredible, that he is turning up the glory, if you will, the radiance, so that we shine, as it says in Ephesians 5.14, you know, awake thou that sleepest and rise from the dead, and I will cause you to shine. So we're going to lead by example. People are going to see the brightness of our calling and our walking. They're going to be drawn to us, and, and what's going to happen is this good time is going to end, and they're going to know who is shining, and they're going to come to us, and we're going to see the greatest harvest the world has ever seen in a great awakening. And the third thing he said to me is that he was giving us this opportunity for great wealth. As it says in Deuteronomy 8, uh, he gives us power to get wealth, and the covenant will be established. He's giving us this great wealth, so we have money to help in this funding of the, of the gospel right now. Now, did he give you a kind of a time window as to uh, how long we're going to have to get out of debt and, and become the head and not the tail? Well, I don't have a specific set. I wish I did. My sense, though, is it's going to go through the end of the year and possibly into the coming year. Uh, Well, you know, David, uh, for the last decade, there have been prophetic words, warnings, get out of debt. Uh, So it sounds like this may be the final warning to get out of debt because God knows what's coming. Well, I believe it's not only a warning, but it's it's coming with opportunity for those people to press in and really walk in a level of the glory they've never even imagined possible. What do you think that's going to look like? Paint me a picture. What could that look like? <laughs> Actually, I have an example that one of the people on my staff went home for the holidays this is a number of years ago. But while he was, uh, not he was, he's telling me a story. Uh, a lady in his church was actually, this happened to her. She was in the market shopping. A little girl came up and said to the lady, holding a tomato, how do you do that? And she said, well, I squeeze it to see if it's fresh. And the child said, no, no, no. How do you shine? And the lady kind of embarrassed and said, well, that's Jesus. And the little girl said, oh, mom's got to see this. She dashed off, dragged her mom over there to the vegetables where the lady was still. And the mother said, my daughter said, I had to see this lady that was shining. And she said, it's true. You really do. You're radiating. And the lady said, and kind of embarrassing again, well, that's Jesus. But when she said that, God gave her a word. And this is what Sokey said, that... God is going to give us words of wisdom, words of knowledge, revelation in a greater dimension again because of this increased bandwidth, this connection to heaven. And God showed her by this word that this lady had a tumor on her chest, a physical, I mean, she could feel it and uh, from, from uh, abuse. But anyway, uh, she told the lady what God showed her. The lady started crying. She said, that's true. And the lady says, well, that was shining. Can I pray for you? And the lady said, sure. Well, she prayed right there in the market. The lady was instantly healed. The tumor was instantly gone. And the, the lady then accepted Jesus. 
And then the lady got another word, a prophetic word, and she said to God said, tell you, your husband will never beat you again. And the lady went home. Now she literally transformed, radiating the glory. Her husband noticed the difference, and he said, what happened to you? She told him the story. They both went to church. The next week, he got saved, and I believe that's an exact picture of what we're going to see in these days. Well, I'm so excited to make available to our mishpacha your CD series called How to Be Naturally Supernatural. It's 20 keys. Uh, how did you get these keys, David? <laughs> well, it's going to probably take a whole other radio show to tell a story. But essentially, it's 30-plus years of studying the Word of God with pressing into trying to understand how did Jesus do what Jesus did. And literally, um, when I was recovering from a head-on car collision, while I was laying there in bed, God brought to me this entire list. But these are the key essence of principles and precepts from the truth of God's Word, that when we believe Him in our heart and we speak Him, literally it transforms us from the inside out. Well, David, uh, someone that took these 20 keys uh, was uh, a woman in Toronto, and, uh, and, and the reason that she took the, uh, the course is she saw someone else, and this man was shining. Tell me about him. <laughs> Actually, I just heard this story last week. lady contacted me because she wanted to get into the program. And uh, I said to her, well, how did you hear about it? And she said she was at a conference and uh, where there was a number of other ministry people there. And this man was sitting in front of her. And she was so captivated by the radiance of this person. She had uh, to ask him, what are you doing that you're radiating like you are? And he said to her, I'm doing these, uh, the, this program with David Martin. And uh, so she called because she wanted to get in on it too. Well, we're talking about the most amazing, amazing principles. These are 20 keys that God has outlined to David Martin. And he has cards, which have each key. He has a CD. I can picture you as you uh, jump in your car or you go to your study time and, and, and you listen to this CD. It's only five or six minutes a day. But you actually get into your heart the Word of God, the principle, and the teaching. I mean, you should start every day of your life with these keys. Uh, David, I'm amazed that 80% of the people uh, that take your course have been believers 20 years or more. Uh, but And then all of a sudden, they kick into the supernatural after every single day. Uh, it's a five- or six-minute devotional, and you have the cards so they can look at it, the principles during the day, uh, and, and the book that goes with it. Uh, why is it making such a difference to these people that have been believers uh, for, say, 20 years? Well, Sid, I'm sure there's a variety of uh, factors here. One very significant is it is anointed. It is God-breathed, God-inspired. And when you take the inspiration uh, with the Word itself, combine it with other principles of, of daily discipline, 
meditating on the word, uh, taking these principles and, and saying them over and over. And then with these devotions, the, the word comes alive. You just understand and you begin to operate with the heart of God and the mind of Christ. It just brings you to a new level of walking in the supernatural. Well, many people are reporting when they take this course, uh, they experience the glory of God. Very few people have experienced his presence, but there's such an anointing on this course that I can't think of a better way for you to start every morning. Uh, We're making the entire kit called How to Be Naturally Supernatural, 20 Foundational Keys with 100 Key Points available for a gift of $40. Call it right today. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. David, today, I'd like to take the very first key point, sensitivity, and I would like you to develop that for us. Oh, wow. So this is so incredible. The, the miracles of Jesus is what we're shooting for, helping people to walk in the miraculous. In 35 years of studying it, I've recognized there's some very key foundational points. And every miracle that Jesus did is duplicatable. The first miracle that he did turning water to wine, Mary said to the servants, whatever he says. And what I've recognized it is that really represents sensitivity. And God taught me this principle really by a vision one time, but I've seen it played out over and over when we are sensitive and we, we are, are in tune in our heart to his voice. And then we do whatever he says. The miracles happened. And I, I would like to hear that vision. Tell me. <laughs> well, the vision? Okay. Well, the vision happened literally uh, um, 1993. I was in prayer, and literally God showed me uh, a, a man going through a barrier. As a man went through the barrier, God said to me, you're on the threshold of spiritual breakthrough, coming into a move of the Spirit of God, unlike anything the world has ever seen, more signs, more wonders, more miracles than you ever even imagined possible. And I'm thinking, wow, praise God. But he said to me, as much as I want to do this through you, I can't. I said, why? He said, because you're not ready. And I said, how do I get ready? And he said very clearly, simply, the same way Jesus did. And Jesus led a life of prayer, fasting, and self-denial. What I've recognized is those three things set the stage for us to be sensitive. And what I teach is in order to be sensitive, you have to sensitize. And that makes you very open to hear the voice of God. And literally what was interesting is about two weeks later, I was sharing that same thing, that vision in the church in North Dakota. And I shared it with him. And and as I said, the spiritual barrier is about to be broken. God said, that's not what I said. And uh, I felt really embarrassed being corrected right in front of the congregation. But he said to me, he said, this barrier is not spiritual. The the barrier uh, is mental. He said, the spiritual barrier is already broken. You have free access to my throne to to receive of me. He said, the problem is you think too much like people. 
and what we need to do is think with the mind of Christ. And this is what what we're doing is all about, helping people to think with the mind of Christ so they're sensitive to whatever he says. Well, give me an example. For instance, when you went to Rwanda. Well, it was an amazing circumstance that put us there, which set the stage for the more incredible supernatural things. But I was doing a conference with 250 pastors, all of which had experienced atrocities from the Rwandan genocide. The majority, if not, I'd say about 95% of these people were non-charismatic, not spirit-filled, but they were all hurting. So we went there and literally ministered to them for a full week. At the end of the week, in the very last session, um, and God had said to me, do not offend them, do not go to the gifts of the Spirit, or talk about that, just minister love. So literally, on the very last day of meetings, right in the middle of a sentence, God said to me, stop. And I stopped, um, because that's what he said, and it was like the longest pause of my life, maybe a minute, but when you got 500 eyeballs looking at you, your interpreter is trying to wave you on to keep you moving. But God said, stop. And then, all of a sudden, the window of heaven opened up. God poured out his spirit and said every one of those pastors got baptized with the Holy Ghost, started speaking in tongues. Now, I didn't know it was tongues, because it was all tongues for right. to start with. But, <laughs> but for three hours, they, they, they... Three hours? Wow. They radiated, and they, they glorified God, and, and uh, literally in the midst of that... God said to me, I want you to go to uh, a place in northern Rwanda, and I I have something there for you. So that's what was so unique, the fact that he poured out his spirit and then gave me a very specific instruction, and it opened the door for a great opportunity. But you were sensitive uh, to—I mean, you could have blown the whole thing if you had approached it in the flesh. Absolutely. I mean, so there's many factors there, but it was very awkward to stop in the middle of a sentence, and all the pressures around you are wanting you to move forward. So, so you heard about the birthplace in Rwanda of the Shining One revival. What was that? Well, in the 30s, a great revival went through that literally started in this chapel in northern Rwanda. And when I went there, the man that was one of the founders of that revival literally uh, came into the chapel. And while I was in the chapel there, he prayed for me and said it was incredible. And I, I knew nothing really about the Shining One movement at that moment, but he had shared with me because I'm so hungry for knowledge of the supernatural and specifically because of the miracle of transfiguration was like my miracle since 1979. That one thing God said, study to understand this miracle and the operation of the life of Jesus. And it's interesting when that happened, it happened on the heels of him telling his disciples, if you're going to be my disciple, you must lay your life down as I'm going to do. But the uh, Enoch said to me, he said, this revival... Was Excuse a- me, uh, Enoch was the, uh, the, the, the probably one of the few people from that revival, an old man that was telling you about it and was going to lay hands on you for the impartation. Go ahead. Absolutely. And Enoch was a natural person, not like Enoch in the Bible, a uh, you know, supernatural thing like that. 
but Enoch, again, was one of the heads of the revival. But amazing, said people that are influenced by that revival live well over 100 years, very abnormal. But it's that presence of God. It's this unique anointing that affects them supernaturally. And Enoch said to me that this revival, although it was known as a Shining One movement and spread all over East Central Africa, that the core of this thing was about holiness and how God was convicting people's hearts to be holy. And any little sin affected them. And they'd come to the altar and they repent day after day. And over the course of time, they literally began to shine radiating the glory of God. Uh, Just like as the example, you were studying the transfiguration of Jesus when his clothes and his face shined with a a light greater than anyone had ever seen before. I believe just like the early saints are depicted with the halo over their head, that was the best way an artist could uh, could show the shining. I, I know that has hit you, but why is it hitting people that are taking your course. Well, it's the uh, impartation, I believe, Sid. When Enoch prayed for me, something happened, very supernatural happened in my in my DNA and my spiritual DNA, like came alive, that now as I am teaching, not only is that people see it on me, but it's communicated through the very essence of what God gives me, so that when people uh, hear it, when people study it, they're impacted, they, they are affected by this impartation of glory. Well, I can't wait to get into people's hands these 20 foundational keys. It's a daily devotion. It also includes the 100 key points. The Lord downloaded to David. He gives every morning. I want you to listen five, six minutes. Uh, but in addition to listen, you have a little card with the, with the key point to read and think about all day long. Like the first point is sensitivity. And when you hear the stories that David shares, you're going to be more sensitive for God. Uh, j- just give me a little, uh, a little tease. Uh, what is the second key point we're going to talk about tomorrow? Well, they're tied together, sensitivity, and number two is obedience. And again, in the first miracle that Jesus did, which is amazing because, you know, with the law of first occurrence, all miracles point back to the first miracle. In the very first miracle, Mary said to the servants, whatever he says, do it. So sensitivity, whatever he says, do it. Obedience. If you're not getting your prayers answered, if you're not walking in the power the Bible promises, then I recommend you not do something insane. Keep doing what you've been doing and expect different results. That's why David developed this devotional of 20 keys with 100 added to it, how to be naturally supernatural. And each day, I want to see you taking one of these keys and getting it deep within you. Uh, You'll want to repeat this often, but these keys will make the difference between you just being a believer uh, and, uh, and one day you'll be in heaven or fulfilling your destiny. Uh, What kind of feedback are you getting from people that are taking the course, David? One of the most common things I hear is people's relationship with God is improved 
confidence, their ability to hear the voice of God, and, and just their hunger and their thirst for God has increased tremendously. Let's talk about key number two. Uh, key number one is to be sensitive to God. And here, let me read this key point from my card. Sensitivity. I am sensitive to the voice and promptings of God. And the second key is what, David? Being obedient to, uh, to do whatever he says, uh, reading it uh, verbatim here. I am obedient to do whatever he says by his Spirit or through his Word. Uh, tell me a lesson you learned about obedience. Well, said, you know, what's really significant here is recognizing in Proverbs 3, 5, it says, uh, Trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Lean not into your own understanding, but in all of your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. And a couple of key points there are uh, in all. That means in every little detail, just the right time to go to the store, the right time to make a phone call, the right way, the right path to go home. In all of your ways, that word ways is the Hebrew word uh, direct, which means behavior. And that's what we're helping people with. Change your behavior by affirming who you are in Christ. That's why, like, you know, when I said this, I am obedient. It is affirming in my heart that I will do whatever he says. And, you know, some stories that we tell, like the one I'm going to share with you right now, are a phenomenal story. But the, the awesomeness of God is that in all of our ways, every little detail, he leads us, he directs us. And through every one of those ways that he's directing you, you're going to have a daily uh, success in, in the blessings of God, the provision of God, the protection of God, that you're always in the right place at the right time. But the story I'm going to share with you, which so exemplifies obedience and how important it is to lean not on our own understanding, is I heard about a gal in Seattle who was dying. And literally the doctors did everything they could over the course of a number of years. As I remember, she was like 28 years old, had a couple children, and the doctors could not find out what their problem was uh, and sent her home to die. And I heard the story, and she was the uh, daughter of a very uh, successful businessman, a very well-known man of God as well. And anyway, I made myself available to go to Seattle from Tulsa, in like 1,500 miles away, to pray for her. And uh, uh, it wasn't needed because other great men and women of God have already you know, done that. But as I prayed, I felt like God said, go. So I bought my own plane ticket, flew to Seattle, and I called the man once I got there and said, I'm here to pray for your daughter. And he said to me, I told you not to come. And I said, well— But why, why did—David, why did you go when the man says, thank you very much, I've had the, the best of the best lay hands on my daughter, I don't need you, who I've never heard of, to come and lay hands on my daughter. It's already done. Why would you travel all that distance when the man said, I don't want you? Well, because I've learned the value of key number two. I am obedient to do whatever he says. It's not a matter of what makes sense to me, 
But when you train yourself, which is what we want to do, train people to to be sensitive. And then when he says something and you know recognize this is not a normal behavior for me. This has only happened a couple of times in my entire life. I mean, this is outlandish. But I know the voice of God, and like one of our key points is, I know the voice of God, and I will not follow a stranger, but I will follow his voice, no matter what. So I went in purely because God said to do it. Okay. Uh, You get there, you call him, and he said, didn't I tell you I don't want you to come? So what what happened next? Well, I'm there. What are you going to do? so anyway, he allowed me to come out and pray for his daughter, and I did, and there was just a very minimal improvement. But there was improvement. I, I don't recall what it was. This was uh, back, I think it was 2003 this happened. But there was, there was a marginal improvement, enough so that he allowed me to come back the next day. And then the next day, and said by the end of the week, the girl was 100% healed. Aren't you glad you listened to God's voice and were obedient, every factor said, David, it'll cost you money. David, it's going to take you time. David, you're not wanted. You have to really train yourself to go against all the external evidence that says no when God says yes. Absolutely. And Sid, this is what's so valuable to all of your uh, listeners is that what God did for me is not unique to me. He is doing it absolutely every day to every one of us, leading us, guiding us, directing us by His Spirit and by His Word. And it's always been important. But today, we're in an hour, we're in an opportunity for those people, particularly those that are really pressing in for the blessings of God more than they've ever imagined. And as much as the blessings of God are going to be awesome, it's the protection of God that you are supernaturally protected when bad things happen. You know what I'm reminded of uh, as I'm taking this course myself and I'm I'm taking your key points like sensitivity was point number one, obedience was point number two. I have a lot of good friends that live in Israel, and with the terrorist attacks that they've had, literally the minute they leave their apartment, they have to be sure that God says, go out that day. Then they have to be sure that God says, Uh, go into a certain restaurant or not go in a certain restaurant because there could be a bomb there. Uh, But we're coming into the last of the last days. And uh, there's not going to—the only difference between a Christian and a non-Christian with what's coming on planet Earth is is the the Christian will end up in heaven, but the life will be as dangerous as for a non-Christian unless these key points that God has shown you are so indelibly ingrained into us. Uh, Tell me one person that uh, took your How to Be Naturally Supernatural daily devotions, uh, what happened with them. Well, one man that comes to my mind is actually a friend of mine and actually uh, a doctor, And uh, he has been a Christian literally all of his life. And he is very active in Christian community, goes to Bible studies, and actually leads different fellowship groups. But when he took our course, 
it brought him into a level of relationship with God that gave him a confidence in his relationship, which gave him a confidence in his prayer, his ability to lead, his ability to minister to other peoples. Every aspect of his relationship with God has reached new levels. So even though he, he knew all the principles and precepts... So David, th- this doctor, approximately 60 years of age, a Christian all of his life, and he never thought it was possible to have such a deep, intimate relationship with God. Uh, but uh, I, I'm just overwhelmed that so many of people, something like 80% of the people uh, that do these devotionals have been believers 20 years or more. What are they going to take away from these devotionals every morning? Well, it's very important that we develop a routine And through the routine, we become just better in our walk with God. People need discipleship. They need discipline. They need accountability. So that by doing this, it improves their walk with God, their relationship with God, their ability to hear God's voice, and a confidence in their relationship with them. They they just feel better about themselves because of their oneness with God and their ability to hear His voice and walk in the Spirit knowing that they are what the Bible says they are. This is what the points do. It affirms who you are, that God hears your prayer, God answers your prayer. You are the righteousness of God. You have authority. You have power. So you put all these pieces together, said, and it just changes a person from the inside out. Well, Mishpocha, I want to get into your hands these 20 foundational daily devotions plus the 100 key points. Uh, There's a booklet. There's cards with the scriptures and the key points. But most of all, there is there's such an anointing on this devotional. I have to believe that shining light anointing you have, David, it just kind of transfers in everything you do. Absolutely. There's no question about it, Said It is absolutely a supernatural impartation that's communicated through the written and spoken word. Why, in your heart of hearts, why did you put this together? Well, it wasn't my plan. It was a, a circumstance that God used the bad to create good. And as I was uh, recovering from a head-on car collision, God began speaking to me and telling me the need to help people to walk in the Spirit, to walk in the supernatural. And he had showed me uh, literally the, just a year previous how he intended to fulfill uh, the, the Lord's Prayer, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Literally, he spoke to me uh, three months before I started working on this. He said, I'm going to give you the keys you need to bring heaven to earth. So, said this is really a divine orchestration, and God had nothing to do with the accident, but everything to do with using that recovery time to put down the uh, key points and the orchestration of this program to bring forth the ability for people to walk in a level of the glory and the power of God that God has planned for since the beginning of time. Well, the 20 foundational daily devotions each morning, I want you to do this with the 100 key points, is available for a gift of $40. You'll have the CD, the booklet, 
and the little cards. Call her right today. It's called How to Be Naturally Supernatural. Call our order-only line, 1-800-447-2697. 1-800-447-2697. David, let's go to key number three, a word that people don't like to hear much, humility. <laughs> well... Humility is really a foundation that is so critically important because... Yeah, you know what? I think it's the missing ingredient from uh, the American church that we call Christianity today. I don't see it existing. I see, uh, I, I see most Christians being, uh, what's in it for me? Me first. And they're missing the glory of God they could be walking in. They're missing their destiny. Tell me a little bit more about humility. Well, God really taught this to me uh, by an open vision in 1983. I was on the platform of a church, part of a ministry team, and literally the, the ceiling, the roof of the church disappeared. I thought first a, a tornado had come through. I never had an open vision before, and we were new to Oklahoma, lots of tornadoes here. But anyway, and I didn't know what was happening. I, I was seeing blue sky, and it dawned to me, well, it can't be a tornado. It's been looking at blue sky. But anyway, as soon as I uh, quieted down uh, to the incredibleness of the open vision, God uh, put a gigantic sphere of light in the middle of this blue sky, and he said to me, this is the throne of grace, or symbolic of the throne room of grace. And literally coming from that uh, sphere of glory, touching about 10% of the people in the congregation, was a beam of light. And each beam of light was ministering to people uh, like a laser beam. But it was uh, one person was receiving a healing, another person a financial miracle, another person receiving a restoration. Each one was different. And I said, God, well, what are you showing me? He says, I'm ministering to those that are ministering to me and those that are worshiping me, those that are worshiping me in spirit and truth. And I looked up to see what I was getting and said it was one of the most horrible days of my life because there was nothing there. And I said, God, where's mine? He said, you're not worshiping me in spirit and truth. And yeah, you know, most people that go to a congregation are there as spectators. Uh, they're they're th thinking their laundry list even during worship, or they're worshiping, but they're not even paying attention to the words. Uh, it's the beat. It's the music. Uh, but their heart isn't focused on the Lord. And what you're saying to me is those that worship him in spirit and truth are open to this glory. Well, that is a major part of it. But what he showed me is in my own personal life, I had left a very good, high-paying job to come to Oklahoma to go to Bible school. I was serving in a local church. I was leading a Bible study. I was very active in ministry. But what God said to me is that is not worship. That is religious service, and I commend you for that. But what he said to me, he took me to uh, Romans 12, where it says, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto me, which is in reasonable service. Well, that's what King James says. But literally, God taught me my first Greek word by this vision, and he said, uh, really, uh, newer translations better translate that word logikos to spiritual service of worship. 
and he said living sacrifices are those people that wake up in the morning with the recognition they need me. They cannot even have another day unless I give it to them. A living sacrifice wholly respects my word and honors my word, and they live according to my word, and they know they need me. They need my, my instruction. They need to follow my instruction, and because of that, they're humbling themselves. They are literally positioning themselves into a place of needing me as opposed to living in their own you know, self-abilities. And he showed me said two incredible visions that followed this. First was a picture of a car battery where you have a positive terminal and a negative terminal or post. And when you cross those two with a wire, there are sparks. And essentially, you have uh, all the power in one side, say the positive side, that wants to get into the negative side. It's a picture of polarity and unseen energy called electricity. Then he showed me a picture of two magnets, two stick magnets, also polarized, positive one side, negative on the other side. Put two positives together, they repel. Two negatives, they repel put a positive and negative together, or they attract to each other, they're held together by an unseen force called magnetism. God said, my spirit realm is the same thing. You can't see it. I am the positive polarity. You are the negative if you're walking in humility. And when you walk is that negative, not in behavior or in mindset per se, but in need of me, you're humbling yourself under my mighty hand. I pour out my spirit. Literally, I'm attracted to you. And what God showed me is this is what I was seeing is the glory and the light of God that was coming and touching those people that were living sacrifices holy and doing this level of worship unto God. Now, point number four can save the life of those that are listening to us. It's knowledge. Tell me about how knowledge saved your life. Well, Again, key point number uh, four, knowledge, as we put it here in, in our list here, I seek to know his truth every day, hiding his word in my heart that I will not sin against him. When you learn God's way, you learn his behavior, you know his ability by hiding it into your heart. You know your authority. And literally, out of the abundance of heart, the mouth is going to speak. And my wife and, and our children were in a state park. We were driving out of the park, and a tornado came upon us. And literally, uh, two trees right in front of us, 100-foot trees, took off. About eight or ten trees along the side of us lay down uh, because we were actually in this killer tornado. It took other people's lives. I went to try to steer the van or control the van and said we were off of the ground. We were literally caught. I, I can't think of a scarier thing, not just you, but you and your family in the van caught up in the air. You see trees uprooted all around you, this killer tornado. Um, what do you do? <laughs> well, you find out at that moment what's in your heart. And there was no opportunity, per se, to pray a good prayer, you know, to take authority. But literally, out of the abundance of heart, the Bible says the mouth speaks. And because I had hid the word in my heart, like we're helping people do with this program, hiding the word in their heart, literally all that came out of my mouth was the name Jesus. 
But at the name of Jesus, the Bible says, every knee must bow, every name named in heaven, earth, and under the earth. So in this case, it was a tornado. When I said Jesus, the tornado had to bow its knee. It literally dropped her van back onto the ground, and we drove right out of it in safety. Well, we're coming into a time where the rubber meets the road. Uh, We're coming into a time in which you have to make up your mind. Are you going to be fulfilling your destiny? Are you going to be just like everyone else? Tell me briefly about this uh, daily devotion, the 20 Keys. Well, essentially, Sid, we encourage people every day to do the devotion, which again is based on uh, one of the key points. And in an average of six, actually seven minutes time, uh, we, I, we, me and the Holy Ghost, expound upon the principle and the precept from the key point. The word comes alive. It's highly motivational, very instructional. And people will leave motivated, encouraged, and built up. And then we encourage them to go through and play uh, or read the 100 key points in totality. We provide them with a card that has the uh, the, the scriptures that, that bring forth the, the particular key point. And we give them the booklet that they can meditate on it. We encourage them to just meditate on this one principle and precept every day. And when they do, they absolutely, I absolutely guarantee it said it will transform their life from the inside out. Well, you're getting so many testimonies of people, and I believe it has to do with the anointing you received all the way back in Africa, uh, that shining one anointing that you received in Rwanda, uh, and everything you teach has the glory. But People are reporting uh, that the glory of God is coming on them just every morning as they're doing these devotionals. Uh, Tell me about these reports. There are so many, Sid. I get one almost or multiples every day. One one comes to my mind, a lady uh, in Milwaukee came up to me and she said, what's in those key points? And I said, it's the Word. She said, no, 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 there has to be something else. I said, no, it's just the Word. And she said, well, every time I do them, I feel this surge of anointing and power. There has to be something subliminal. There has to be something you're, you're, you're putting in the background there that I can't see, right? I said, no, it is the Word. But the Word is powerful. And when you hear the Word and you speak the Word and you get the word into your heart. It's got an incredible life-changing ability. Well, my guest is Red Hot for the Messiah because I've been interviewing him this week on a devotional that God instructed him to put together. It's 20 foundational daily devotions with 100 key points. And what I can picture you in your car, just the first thing in the morning, popping the CD uh, in and just repeating the scriptures with David, the anointing, the glory of God will come right into you first thing in the morning. Some of you at your coffee, you play the CD, uh, you, you, the key points you're going to say out loud, you're going 
going to get the scriptures, but you're going to get a testimony or a story and a teaching that'll make it come alive. But this isn't just good knowledge. This can save your life. This can uh, you, You're going to be able to pray for people and see people healed. You're going to see answers to prayers. You're going to become normal. Uh, that's why the, the devotional is called How to Be Naturally Supernatural. David, uh, my favorite is key five, compassion. Tell me about compassion. Well, Sid, this is just a really uh, awesome story, and I hope I can do it without breaking down because it is so, so powerful. But I want to make one other mention here, Sid, about these daily devotions, something that I hear all the time as I go into the story is many families, many families sit around over breakfast and they play these devotions and the whole family benefits from it. So just encourage people to use it from that perspective as well. But uh, 1983 uh, was a very significant year for me. It was on Christmas Eve. It was literally on record the coldest day in history. My wife and I... uh, Planned to go to uh, uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin, for our home, which and that's our home. We had come down here uh, the year prior to go to Bible school, and uh, they were saying, "Don't drive; it's too cold." But uh, being a, a great man of faith, going to a faith Bible school, I said, "We can go. We can do this." Even though all the weather forecasters were saying, "Do not," news were saying, "Don't drive; cars can't run in this cold weather." Well. Uh, being a, a great man of faith, I said, well, we can do this, and got in our car. My wife is uh, six months pregnant at the time. We're driving and uh, getting colder and colder. The wind chill, as I remember, was close to seven degree, 70 degrees below zero, and there was virtually hardly any cars on the road, but uh, we kept uh, going in faith. We got into central Illinois, and our car started to sputter, and uh, it stopped running. And we went over to the side of the road, and literally what happened is our gas line froze. Of course, in 83, there was no cell phones. There was no traffic on the highway. The car was already very cold from the intense cold. Our car wasn't able to keep up, so we were chilled. But when it stopped running, it got cold very quickly. I got out of the car, opened up the hood, and realized the gas line was frozen. But with the hood open, I prayed a great faith prayer. I mean, any great man of God would have been very proud of my prayer there. Uh, But I got into the car and uh, in faith started the car. Car started right up. And I'm praising God, thanking him for the miracle, uh, which only lasted about one minute. And in reality, it wasn't a miracle. What happened is there was enough heat in the engine to melt the gas line in the time that we were there. And uh, so we ran for about a minute. The car came to the side of the road. And we were uh, dead in the water, you might say. And, and literally, as I looked at my wife, I'll never forget the look on her face because it was the look of death. And literally, I get out of the car, and the, our gas line's frozen. I open up the hood. Now, this was uh, this was literally the coldest day in history. It was uh, minus 70 degrees. Go ahead. Well, that, that was wind chill. And I'm telling you, it was bitter cold when I got out of the car had a mustache then, but uh, literally had icicles hanging on my mustache. And um, the hood's up. All I can see 
is my wife, even though I can't see her, but all I can see is that look of fear. It was then I knew. Uh, I wasn't operating in faith, Sid, but presumption and foolishness. And it wasn't God that directed me to go. It was my own, uh, my own pride. So I repented. And my, my purpose of repentance here was the love for my wife and her unborn daughter. And I said, God, forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for my foolishness. Do something here to protect my family. I prayed another great prayer. It was really no different. But what was different, said, is the compassion. And as the dictionary defines compassion, is the awareness of the suffering of another and a willingness to do something about it. That's the compassion of heaven. That's what you see before many miracles. It says Jesus was moved with compassion. You know, it's not necessarily a feeling the way I hear the definition from the dictionary of compassion. It's an act of obedience is what it sounds like to me. I believe that's true. I believe that's true. In my case, I had feeling. But I've seen it many times. In, I mean, I've been at this ministry uh, 29 years, and what I recognize is that when I'm praying in, com- in, in compassion, it's not what people are going to think of me. It's not what I'm going to gain. It's nothing about anything except somebody in front of me has a pain. Somebody has a problem. Even in your audience right now, there's people there that are in pain. They're suffering. And as you and I identify with their suffering, as we identify with their pain, and as they do that for others, something happens in the realm of the Spirit. It's an open heaven that allows the Spirit of God to move in a miraculous way, which is what happened to me when I got into the car. I started the car. It started, Sid. It ran all the way, the rest of our journey, a couple hundred-plus miles I told different mechanics the story, and they said, David, it's impossible. Once a gas line freezes, it cannot, um, can't fall unless it's warm enough. But God, hallelujah, God's miracle power moves mountains, and it will do whatever needs to be done when that element of compassion is there. All right, that element is there right now. And even as you were using an example on pain, I believe if you pray right now for pain to leave and other things, I'm hearing words, I'm being flooded with words. David, the compassion is on you. Pray for people. It's almost anything they can receive right now. Lord God, you know the pain, the suffering, the misfortunes, the the bad circumstances. The people are in right now, Father God, they need miracles. They need a breakthrough. They need you to intervene in a supernatural, miraculous way, Father God, whether it's the removal of a life-threatening disease or a, uh, an impossible relationship that needs to be repaired or a financial miracle. God, you know. You know where they're suffering. You know. And, Lord God, as we come together in agreement right here now, Father, we thank you for the wind of heaven being opened and the flow of your miracle power, the flow of signs, wonders, and miracles to make manifest right now, wherever they are, 
wherever they are, Lord God, let your miracle power make manifest to them exactly what they need. And Lord God, we thank you that no ministry, no man, no one receives any glory here except you, Father, for your supernatural ability being made manifest in Jesus' name. And I'm hearing that people that have pain in your back, all pain is gone. People with TMJ, that pain is gone in Jesus' name. People with a, there's someone with a pain in your hip or something wrong with your hip. I don't know what God's doing. He may be giving you a new hip right now. He may be changing metal to, uh, to bone, but you are healed in Jesus' name. Uh, I, David, I really want to get your series, How to Be Naturally Supernatural. I can picture every day. You see, days are precious. It's time for you to start doing uh, what a normal believer should do. Not normal is defined by what you see in your churches. Normal is defined by the Word of God. And I don't know a better way for you to start out each day than the 20-day daily devotional by David Martin. Now, David, this is 20 foundational daily devotions. You want to do them over and over with 100 key points. The CD, a booklet which has the scriptures uh, and the key points, little cards that have it. But the anointing on your teaching of this will make these points alive. And people will be starting to walk in, in this type of an anointing. They'll hear God's voice. They'll be obedient. They'll be sensitive to God's voice. They'll start walking in your supernatural compassion. They're going to be walking in knowledge, as you explained, when you prayed the name of Jesus, uh, literally, heaven came to earth because you knew what you were praying. You had the knowledge. So we're making the entire course, How to Be Naturally Supernatural, 20 Foundational Daily Devotions with 100 Key Points, available for a gift of $40. Shabbat broadcast. The Lord is blessing you right now. The Lord is keeping you right now. The Lord is smiling upon you right now. The Lord is surrounding you with his favor and with his compassion. That's the Lord's compassion on you right now. The Lord is giving you his gifts right now. Receive his gifts. The Lord is giving you his shalom, his completeness in your spirit, in your soul, and in your body right now in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach Sikenu. Jesus the Messiah, our righteousness. To hear this week's interview or watch archives of our television show, It's Supernatural, visit our website at www.sidroth.org. That's www.sidroth.org. 
O-R-G. To receive a complimentary copy of our bi-monthly teaching newsletter, materials catalog, or information about becoming Mishpucha or Chalitzim, write to me, Sid Roth, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278. To place a credit card order, call anytime, 1-800-447-2697. For all other calls, the number is 704-943-6500. That's 704-943-6500. For a CD of this week's broadcast, send a donation to Sid Roth. That's S-I-D-R-O-T-H, Post Office Box 39222, Charlotte, North Carolina, 28278.